Welcome to another episode of Nikki Jameson Art Talks, a podcast where we creatives talk about our creative lives. I'm Nikki Jameson, and today my guest is Denise Love, photographer, teacher, artist, and creative from Atlanta, Georgia. Denise has been helping creatives push their photographic art boundaries and has run a creative business to allows on the internet since 2012. Okay. Hi, everybody. This is Nikki Jameson, and welcome to another episode of Nikki Jameson Art Talk. And today, my guest is Denise Love of Two Little Owls Studio, and Denise is from Atlanta, Georgia. So welcome, Denise. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us uh, today to be on the Nikki Jameson Art Talk. So, Denise, Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about how you started your creative journey. Uh, well, I've always been pretty creative. So there's quite a few creative ladies in my family. My grandmother uh, did all the sewing for her family. And I have an aunt that's a painter. And one of my aunts did a creative knitting business with her own designs for clothing. And my mother did stained glass. And I had some great grandparents that were photographers that had their own dark room back in the early 1900s, um, which I find ex- exceptionally cool since now photography is my, the focus of my business. So it, it seems like creative people kind of run through my family. So I love that. Um, and then I went to school for um, interior design. Um, so I worked in the home industry for um, a little over 20 years uh, before I started this business. Uh, everything from like big box retail to kitchen and bath cabinetry for new houses. I mean, I've done a little bit of all of it there. Yeah, that's and, fantastic. And then the photography was a hobby during uh, quite right. a bit of that. Okay. So you've obviously got creativity right through your family. So, um, so photography is the focus uh, of your business now became the focus of of your business. And how did you come to be doing that? Because you said you worked in the home industry and interior, interior design. So I know that's it's related. But how did you come to be doing what you're doing now? Well, you know, uh, when I was like, maybe 25 to 30, I, I kind of wanted to really be heavily into photography at that time. But, you know, that was before the digital age and it was kind of cost prohibitive and we were not rich by any means. <laughs> so it, I, I wanted to get into it, but not as heavily as I could by the time the digital cameras came. So about 10 years ago, um, I found several meetup groups here in Atlanta that were photography based. And I felt like I had found my people. (laughs) We went out every weekend and did photography and at different spots around the city. And I have some lifelong friends that I've made then because, you know, as as an adult, it's kind of harder to make friends than it is, you know, when you're a kid. And so I feel really privileged to now have some really great friends in a hobby that I love. Um, that I've made kind of later here in life. Um, so that kind of started it. And then I did a 365 day project in 2011 um, that really kicked it up another notch for me. And I saw several online businesses just starting to appear because, you know, online business just wasn't a thing. Really, even 10 years ago, for the most part, people didn't know what it could do. People didn't know how to do it. People didn't know the possibilities. You know, when I came out of school, we didn't even have computer classes. I learned how to type on a regular typewriter. (laughs) So, I mean, these things just didn't exist. And 
I saw a couple of people having an online business and I was like, oh man, I would love to have that. And so yeah. I, I think it really ended up being a, a midlife crisis for me. If you can look <laughs> back and call it that because I completely shifted the entire direction of my life. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did that, and so, and, and how did you, how did you do that? Did you, what did you, take any particular steps or was it over a particular well, um, I, time or what did you do? I was doing the project, you know, part-time and on the weekends because I had a full-time job where I worked mm. 60 to 70 hours a week and it was very stressful and I got yelled at every yeah. day because the home industry is rather stressful when you have a builder out there that didn't get something that worked out for his job that, that, that week. <laughs> and so yeah. it was super high pressure. So the photography part was kind of like my stress relief, the thing I did for fun. And so I worked at that, at the end of there, I worked in a cubicle in an office with other people uh, doing project management. So when I decided I wanted to have an online business, I was like, who can help me build a website? And everybody was like, we don't know how to do that. <laughs> so I was like, well, cool. so I got on Google and I'm like, how do you build a website? And Google's like, you know, you buy a domain and you just install WordPress and you just go at it. And so that's what I did. I bought a domain and I installed WordPress and I Googled everything I didn't know how to do. And that very first version of my website looked terrible, terrible, but it just kind of goes to show, (laughs) start where you're at with what you know and improve it as you learn new things and get better at what you're doing. You just got to start somewhere. I totally agree with that. And uh, I, I, I identify with you being a project manager in a cubicle. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at my little tiny gray walls, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. The project manager in a cubicle, in, in, in a cubicle farm. Yep, I know. But that is that is so wonderful. And it just shows exactly as you said, start with, don't worry about the huge big picture. Just start with whatever you have and, and keep improving it as you've gone along. And I don't know, the people um, people will go and see your website hopefully after this uh, after this podcast if they haven't already. And your website now is, is beautiful. Hopefully it's much better than it used to be. <laughs> My graphic design skills and my computer skills and my video skills have just significantly gotten better over the years because I do everything myself still. And I think that's a really nice benefit. If you start from the ground up and you're doing everything yourself, then when you need to have something done, you're not relying on other people to do it for you. That's very true. That is very true. And quite the accomplishment. Yes. <laughs> really big accomplishment. It's, it's so much easier now than it ever was before. So now if I need to do a video, I can just whip out a video, upload it and post it online. Whereas before I would struggle for hours, like getting that video edited and where do you put it and how do you get it posted online? It's like, I, I know all that stuff now, so I can just whip it out on any day that I need it. That's really great to hear. And I hope people listening will take uh, encouragement uh, from that. <laughs> if I can learn it from having a completely different career than I had doing now, I think anybody can learn it. Google, Google can teach you. <laughs> Google is your friend. Is. I always say this when, when people ask, how do you do this? Or what about this? I say, I say, Google it because Google is your friend. And one thing I found about Google and YouTube is a close second, but Google, YouTube, they're almost like, you know, in, intertwined, right? One of the same, one of the same video. And here's the thing I found, because um, I'm not going to digress right now, but um, there was this little problem I, I had with my phone um, 
recently, actually last year. And um, I just did not know what to do. My little battery got stuck in my newfangled phone. <laughs> and literally, I thought my holiday is going to be ruined because of this. And I thought <laughs> there must be somebody. I can't be the only one who has this problem. I went to all these shops and said, could you do this thing with my phone? No, we can't do it. You've got to get a new phone. You this is a very expensive a, mobile phone. Yeah, yeah. And they told me all sorts of stories. And I thought, no, no, I'm not accepting this. So I Googled, um, I, why, did, I, why I didn't do that before, I don't know, but I Googled at 3 a.m. I was Googling YouTube videos <laughs> and I found, the, I found the solution to this problem of this phone. <laughs> and it, the video was in Chinese with subtitles. <laughs> I, kid, I kid you not. That's hilarious. So, Yes, there is no problem known to man that cannot be found on Google or YouTube. <laughs> Somebody else has had that problem as well. And so enough, there you there's go. People out there that they'll probably post it for free for you to learn it. I think it's just amazing that some that people post these things, you know. <laughs> and most most of what I've learned as far as tech stuff is concerned, like my online stuff, I've actually learned via Google and YouTube. So I know exactly where you're coming from there. Yep. Uh, okay, so thank you for that, and for <laughs> uh, pardon my digression into talking about my phone. But you know what? I just tell people to Google it or YouTube. You'll you'll find your answers there. Okay, so. Denise, what inspires your uh, creativity? And um, I'm going to preface that because I use, you create these beautiful textures, and I hope you'll tell us about uh, your, your textures in a bit. And I use them a lot in my own digital art. So what inspires your cre creativity in that direction, or even your, your photography uh, direction as well? Because you, do, so you use these textures in your photography, in your art creation, what inspires that? I get inspired by anything around. Sometimes I'm looking at art. Sometimes I'm watching TV. Sometimes I'm reading. Um, a good example of the reading is I just recently uh, finished reading a little book that's by Austin Cleon called Keep Going. And it's his newest little book. It's the author that writes um, Steal Like an Artist. And this year, you know, I've really deep dived into cold wax and oil painting, which I've posted a little bit about that. I don't post as much about the art stuff as I do the photography stuff because I'm not sure that the audience I have is interested in the little side things that I do as much as they are like their, their core focus of photography. So I do keep it to a minimum a lot of times, but uh, I, I really have been playing around with the concept of limiting your choices so that instead of, you know, when you're looking at a blank page, when you're painting, you're not sitting there wanting to create something amazing, but looking at all your choices and then getting mad because that's exactly what I would do. I would sit there and I'd get pissed off. And then I'd think, I'm not even creative. Why do I even have a creative business? What the heck is wrong with me? And then I'd be mad for a couple of days. I mean, it would just kill my creative spirit for like a couple of days because I couldn't sit down and produce some masterpiece on this blank page because I have like too many choices and I didn't even know where to begin. And so I've really been toying with, I should just pick five colors put those out on my table and then see what can I correct, create with these five colors and this one paintbrush. And that right there completely cleared out that rut that I would get into staring at the blank page. So now all of a sudden I, I'm like, okay, these are the choices I have. So what am I going to do with them? And I have created like a hundred little cold wax and oil paintings um, doing that. So I feel like limiting your choices really opens up the creativity and 
clears out any blocks that you may mentally have by looking at like the blank page. And then a lot of these things that I study in art, I I think, you know, how can I relate this to my photography and improve my skills with my photography? And so I've really been um, toying with, you know, how can I, like when I go out shooting, I'll, I'll take one lens now instead of my entire camera bag. So now I'm going to spend the whole day with this one lens and see what I can get rather than spending 30 minutes changing out lenses, trying to get the perfect picture. I spend 30 minutes on the subject and getting all the angles and trying different apertures and how creative can I get with this one lens I've put on my camera. And that relates, you know, further into, well, how can I limit the colors that I'm using here in the still life study so that I get a more dynamic photo with the colors that I choose and everything. So I'd already been playing with that. And then I was reading in that book and then a whole workshop idea just came to me. I'm just like, and when those ideas come, you got to grab that by the horns and you got to, you got to ride that bull while he's here. Because when the ideas are dry up, it's like gone for a while. And then it's like a little like a little desert for a while where I have no ideas at all until the next idea comes along and I got to grab it while I've got it. So when I, I know it's a good idea when the, when I think, okay, that'd be a great idea. And then I start outlining a whole workshop uh, from that idea. And the, the ideas just flow and flow and flow and flow. And I get so excited and I, I think, well, I could do this and I could do that. And, and I, I get it just a whole workshop formed out and filmed and done, hopefully before that idea gets boring to me and leaves. <laughs> Um, so like, that's just one example of something I was randomly reading that just really unlocked the idea, uh, for a workshop in my mind. And sometimes, you know, I'm watching TV and sometimes I'm driving down the road going to lunch. And sometimes it's just when you let yourself relax and you just let your mind kind of free flow into different ideas that good stuff comes to you. So I've gotten really good about taking notes on my phone on the little note app. Yeah. Uh, because if I don't write down that idea when it comes, forget. I forget. I mean, by the time mm-hmm. I get to the restaurant, the I restaurant. like thought, you know, what, what was that idea I had? It's already gone. <laughs> 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 Which is really funny because I also recently just read Big Magic and she describes creativity exactly like I just described creativity. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. that's exactly yes. how it is for me. And if you don't grab that idea when it's, when it comes, it's going to leave you and go to somebody else. <laughs> oh, absolutely. When you were talking, when you were saying that, I thought, oh, that's just, I was going to ask you, have you read Big, Ma- Big Magic? Because that's, so that's how she describes ideas. And I said, it's, I thought to myself, it's so true. If you don't write those ideas down or get them and grab them, they're gone. They're literally just gone. It's like they bump into you. And if you're not receptive and you don't grab them, you're never going to remember that idea again, except when you see somebody else doing it. Like, hey, I was going to. I had that idea yep. a month ago. Yep. So, well, you yep. didn't act on so, it. You know? I really identified with that book because that's kind of the way I've always described the creativity. You got to ride that wave like you're on a surfboard and you're riding that wave. And when it comes to an end, that's it. You're you're done with that wave. Yeah, that's that's really inspiring and encouraging to think um, to think of that to think of you doing that and you know catching those ideas and I've seen some of the uh, outcomes of those ideas. So your your wax workshop and your actual wax and what do you call it encaustic? Is it encaustic? Yes, encaustic wax. Yeah, those well, now, are very very beautiful. Now the the workshops are more of a really good excuse for me to do a passion project. So the outcome of those workshops are kind of my own passion projects. Like I want to deep dive into 
for instance, macro, and I want to study everything there is about it. And I want to give my permission to kind of do it just for the process and the enjoyment and the learning. Whereas I actually have a very hard time just doing things for the process or just because, because I, you know, because I look at things and I think, well, I don't want to do that. What, what am I going to do with that? I, I shouldn't even bother because, you know, there's, I can't do anything with that. I'll just throw it away or something. So I kind of struggle with, there's no purpose for that. If I'm doing a workshop or some research or some study towards a workshop, then it's almost like I gave myself the permission to, to play and to en- yeah. enjoy that process. And so a lot of times, like the food photography, the macro, the getting creative with vintage lenses, the alternative uh, photography techniques with the cyanotypes. I mean, all of those have been like something I was super interested in and maybe didn't deep dive into before because I just couldn't justify it. And now I'm like, okay, I got a great workshop idea. So now I give myself permission to learn all the ins and outs and to teach it to others. And then I, I feel really good. And I end up with some stuff that I've just never would have ended up with before. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's such a, that's such an interesting way of approaching it really, or of, of doing it because sometimes people wait until they're completely, um, how would I put this, a pro at something before they feel that they have permission to teach it. But you actually use it as a way of exploring a topic and you teach it and we get the benefit of that. So it's a win-win for everybody, right? It's um, Most of the topics you know, not- I already kind of had knowledge in, but it's kind of like I gave myself permission to really do like a, be like a master class of study for myself. You know, as long as you know a little bit more than the person you're teaching, you're ahead of the game, you know, so you've got something to share with them. It's not like you have to be an expert. You just need to be, know a little bit more than the person you're teaching that doesn't know any of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Denise, what's involved, just very quickly, what's involved in putting together these wonderful workshops <laughs> that, that you do? Uh, maybe that's maybe that's the whole other that's interview, a, but just really that's briefly. A massive amount of work is involved, yes. <laughs> I know. You know I, 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 always, <laughs> I always say to these that when we see these things, we see your workshops, everything seems as if it's so, you know, really, it looks really easy, it comes together so beautiful. And I said, yeah, but you don't know the intense hours of work that has gone into making it. It look making five minutes look so simple, right? It's easier now, I will say, than it used to be. And I, I used to be very impatient about things. I like to do things and get them done and move on to the next thing. And if I spent three days on a workshop, I thought, oh gosh, that's three days, you know, I could have been doing something else and I'd feel kind of guilty. And then it kind of extended to I'd spend a week on a workshop. And I'm sure if you've seen any of the earlier workshops, you know, the, the quality now is a hundred times better than the very first ones were, but y'all got to start somewhere. <laughs> you know, with your, with your iPhone and, and do the best you can with your lighting. And then, you know, by the time you get to where I am now, I have studio lights and I have, uh, the roadie mic for my, you know, the way I uh, record my sound and I have a a nice camera that goes up to 4k for the video. So you just upgrade your equipment and stuff as you can. And, you know, if you put together an in-person workshop, it's a lot of work because you got to pull everything together. You got to get everybody there, teach everything, you know, when you relate that into an online workshop, your work is like triple because now you're filming it, you're editing video, you're building web pages, you're creating your marketing products, you're getting everything stored and displayed and, and like your videos to view on the web. And you've got to know 10 times more skills if you're going to do an online workshop just because of the computer side of things than if you're doing an in-person workshop. But 
if you can get all those little pieces all together, you can create a workshop once and sell it hundreds of times. Whereas if you're doing an in-person workshop, you're doing all that work for five people. And then, you know, you can't keep benefiting from all of that. So if you like to teach and you like to teach workshops to people, it's definitely worth it to figure out how to get an online class going. And now, you know, when I started doing these, there weren't nearly as many resources as there is available now. Now you don't even have to have your own website. You could go teach on sites like Kajabi or Skillshare or any of those. Yeah. And uh, you can do it with your iPhone and you can have a minimal amount of equipment. And as long as you have a good idea, you could get everything together and upload it on somebody else's website and have a great workshop. So you can, yeah. it's so much easier so now, much. it seems. Yeah. <laughs> so many, so many opportunities are so much out there. And, and I know people's desire for learning is just insatiable. Oh, you know, I, people love to learn. You know, it, it, this is probably a question we'll answer further down, but if you look at my business, you probably think, oh, she sells textures and she's done great at selling textures. So I want to have a little texture business just like her. And people will go and they'll make a couple sets of textures and they'll set up a website and they'll try to be just like me because they think I'm selling textures. But the core of my business is not selling textures. It's almost like that's my loss leader that pulls you into my site in the hopes that you'll explore the other things that I offer. And really the workshops and the membership site and affiliate sales are the core of my business. So big difference in what you think I do on the front end versus what I really do on the back end. What you're really up to on the back end. Yeah, yes, I, mean, I, I, sus I suspected there's more um, than that. Although my primary, uh, I don't even know how I came to, to find out about you. Maybe maybe it was through um, uh, the Awake classes or so. But I mean, I fell in love with your textures, but I also knew that you did the, the workshops as, as well and um, uh, the other things in, in the background. But for people listening, her textures are just out of this world. So <laughs> I'm probably biased. You're probably biased as well towards you. But they are, I use them a lot in my work and work that I've sold a lot, um, a lot of the work that I've sold. So you and a couple of other, a few other people, they're kind of staples in my work. So that's why I was particularly interested to interview you. Although I know that you just don't, you don't just do the textures. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think yeah. that's what people associate with me is that yeah. one product. Mm -hmm. But that's really not not the bulk of where my income comes from. So I think that's very interesting, especially when you have people out there that maybe this is not their passion and textures really is my passion. Like even the things I paint look like a texture and it, that's not even how it sets out to do. It just happens to be the things I gravitate towards. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for telling us a little bit about uh, you. I know it's more involved than that, but thank you for sharing a little bit about what it takes to set up a, a workshop. Very encouraging and very in informative. Okay, so so can you share a little bit about, oh, did I, have I asked you this? So what inspired, okay, yes. What inspires your, um, what inspires you to keep growing creatively and how do you stay motivated and inspired? I kind of have a pretty strong inner drive. So I'm just always looking for stuff to do. I have done, you know, metal smithing and jewelry making. I've done sewing. I've used to you know, make teddy bears, little tiny two inch teddy bears. I've made um, sewing and knitting and you, you name it. And I've tried it. And 
with the with the art supplies, you know, I have a little art store here in my art room now because if there if there's an art supply out there, I've wanted to try it and experiment and do something with it. And then I when I'm done with that, I'll go on to the next thing. And so I'm always looking around at what else is there? What else? Because I'm you know I get bored. I guess I don't know. Yeah. And then I always try to think how can I relate that to my photography because I have a photography business. <laughs> and how can yeah. I get other people to think you know how can they relate this to their photography or how can that this help them out because it's ideas that they may not have thought of either. Yeah. So it's just, it's just in me. I don't know. Some women want to have babies and I, not me. I just want to create stuff. (laughs) I just want to create stuff. (laughs) Well, having babies is kind of creating stuff, but you just want to create slightly other Uh, something (laughs) that doesn't move and talk and do what it likes, right? Baby can be a a photography prop. And then I think that's probably not the best reason to have a baby. (laughs) I can see that. I can see you figuring that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a business idea in there somewhere. I'm sure of it. Okay. Well, well, thank you. Thank you so much for that. So, how has your how's your life? Tell sorry. Tell me how your art has impacted your life and uh, and the life of others. If you can just share something about that. And before you get started there, <laughs> maybe uh, because I added this one as an almost as an afterthought because I realized I hadn't asked it. How did you start? Uh, it's upon the name of two little owls and get that creative <laughs> business started. <laughs> okay, well I'll answer that one first. The I, okay, good. I collect owls, and usually in pairs, and they're not ordinary owls. I collect interesting owls, and I don't want the ugly ones. I just want the pretty ones. But <laughs> most of them are made of like car parts. I have several owls that are made of car parts. I have a couple owls that are made of horseshoes. Um, I have a couple owls that are made of vintage quilts. I mean, you, if you go to enough art fairs, there are some very creative people out there. And there for a long time, owls was, you know, the thing, the little popular, uh, I don't know what you call it, but it was like the little popular theme there for a while. Owls were everywhere. So no matter where I went at an art fair, there'd be somebody that made some cool art owl uh, out of something. And you know, I've got a couple that are carved out of, wood that have chippy paint on them. I mean, so, and I usually collect them in pairs. I don't know why, cause I would pick one and I'd be like, well, one's not enough. I want two. And so at the time, you know, I had two little doggies and I thought, well, two little dogs, is not nearly as cute as two little owls. <laughs> so I will, and I didn't want to be Denise Love photography because I wasn't really sure that I wanted to have photography services, which is kind of what that implies. I didn't want to take pictures for people. I wanted to concentrate more on the art side of photography. So I wanted I wanted more of a brand than a, a person as the face of it. So if I were to go back and pick a name today, because I really didn't know any better, but if I were to go back and pick a name today, I would have picked a photography-related term to define really? my business rather than a random obscure term that has nothing to do with photography. <laughs> ah, is that is that and why is that? Is that because it would you think it would bring people better marketing? More- Okay. Okay. Because I, I always find as soon as I say photography or photographer, people immediately think that I'm going to be taking wedding pictures or portraits or something like that. I found it incredibly difficult to 
to, I always had to explain, oh, I'm not this photographer or you know, you're a landscape photographer or this photographer or that photographer. Did you, did you find that at all? Or did, did that not figure in your, didn't really figure that in you? with what I was doing? I, I tried all the different kinds of photography when I started out. I did a couple weddings and I got to tell you, I hate to do a wedding. I did people, I did, you know, a baby or two and I'm afraid of babies. So that wasn't really good. <laughs> I'm just afraid that I would drop them and break them somehow. And so that wasn't really my thing. And I don't know. <laughs> but you probably don't want to risk it. No, no, no. I don't want to hurt anybody. So yeah, yeah, I tried yeah. it all. Okay. And then it came down to, I just didn't want to take pictures for people. I didn't want them to, you know, I didn't want any bridezillas out there that came back and sued me because I missed some shot on their wedding day, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just didn't want to deal with any of that. But if I were to rename it today, I'd pick something fun that, you know, like a pixel or something, something like one sweet pixel or something. But I hate to try to rebrand at this point because now I've been online for seven years with this business. And so I would lose all that brand recognition or confuse people. So I just leave it. And I still I still like the name. I just don't think it's, you know, photography related enough for brain, for people to know if they don't know what I do already. Yeah, that may be it. But I, I, when I think now that I know, um, now that I know you and I know it, I immediately think of you and what you do. And I don't just, I know, I know I use the textures a lot as the mainstay and I know I see what you're doing because, you know, on Facebook and so on your site, but I immediately put the two together. And in my mind, I know, oh yeah, she does this, 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 and this workshops and everything. So once you do know, um, and, and once you do know, I think it's very easy to kind of remember it. It doesn't really go away because it's an unusual name. And the story and the story behind it is fascinating. I never knew it's because you collected owls. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I've just, so, I did everything wrong with that name that you could because I also used a numeral, the number two, instead of, you know, T-W-O. And they say you should never use a numeral in your web address and all that kind of stuff. So I just kind of broke all the rules there. All the rules. The rules are there to be broken. Yeah, Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the second part of that, so you tell us about how you started to allows and the name and thank you for that because I never knew that and I learned something new. Yes, again, not a surprise. So how has your art impacted your life and the lives of others, if you want to add that? So I started this business when I had a full-time job and I worked on this in the evenings. I dreamed about it at night. I worked on it at lunch and about a year and a half into just trying to build it and create an audience and figuring how to do everything. Uh, my mom came down with lung cancer. And so this business wasn't making enough money to like fully be comfortable just quitting my job. But when she called, I quit my job and I closed up my condo and I went up to her house in another state and I stayed and took care of her through her lung cancer. And then at the same time, my dad got um, lymphoma, which was another kind of cancer, which I don't know if you know the different cancers, but uh, lung cancer has a 5% survival rate and lymphoma has a 95% survival rate. So there was basically no way my mother was surviving this cancer. So I quit my job and I thought, it, this business is either somehow magically going to help me pay my bills or I'm just going to foreclose on my house and give everything up. It really doesn't matter because this is more important. So I got up there. My family leave ran out. I went ahead and said, I'm sorry, I'm not coming back. I'm going to sit beside my mother through this process and help if I can. 
and I'll worry about everything when I'm on the other side of this. And so I got really fortunate right in the middle of that to have um, Design Cuts had just started their business. And Tom contacted me and said, hey, I'd love to do a deal. And I'm like, okay. And that saved me. (laughs) It allowed me to make the money at the time that I needed to make money and stay with my parents and spend the last six months of my mom's life with her when I could. Um, And then I stayed for a whole year helping them. And this business is kind of what allowed me to do that. So I still kind of kept creating stuff as I was helping them kind of as my little mental break from all the terrible stuff going on. (laughs) And then Tom, Tom was amazing uh, at design cuts because that was his first year of business. So every time he had a spot open, he was like, Hey, I got a spot open. Can, can you give me anything and we'll do another deal. And so I think I ended up doing like 13 deals for him that year because I was just like, I can do it. I can do it. You know, this is helping me pay my bills. I appreciate it. (laughs) And then lucky enough, when, when all of that year and my, my dad, he came out of his cancer side. Uh, in remission, and my mother had passed away. So when I finally came back home, I was like, maybe I should just try this and see how it goes. And my mom was so upset when I quit my job to go hang out with her. She was like, you're ruining your life. You're never going to get promoted again. You're just, you know, all the hard work that you've done to move up the ladder, you just ruined it all. And I'm like, hey, just let me try it. And so got back home, and it's kind of like the rest is history. I've somehow magically managed to do all the right things at the right time to still be working uh, my little business and not have to go back to a real job. And job. So, no, not, not a real job. I wouldn't even call this is your real job, what you're, what you're doing. And it's, it's, it's what you, it's what you love is what you're doing. Yeah. The problem is, is when you go from working your whole life in a job where you answer to everybody else and you have set hours and you have set things that you got to do every day to running, for instance, a creative business, like most of the stuff I do now doesn't even feel like work. You know, I mean, there's, and, and I can do it on my own time frame and I don't answer to anybody. And, you know, if somebody's mad, I'm like, I run an art site. How mad can you be? You know, it's, it's, yes. It's kind of bizarre when you go from that very regimented type of work life to something like this, because it, it took me a lot of years and uh, to get past the maybe I should go back to an office job. And because this is not steady pay, you don't you can't guarantee every month that you're going to have a paycheck, you know, and that's very scary. You know, hopefully you, you build it up to the point where it doesn't matter if you made sales today or not. Um And one of the things that has really released me mentally from that little cycle this year is becoming debt free. So if you ever have the chance to not have any debt at all, no car payment, no house payment, no credit cards or anything like that, that right there is the biggest boost to your creativity because now you don't have any shackles. You don't have to say yes or no to anything you don't want to. It just kind of frees you up in a way that nothing else does. Yes. Yes. Totally identify with that. That is, Denise, that is such an amazing story. I'm so glad you shared it. I'm so glad I asked you that question. You are listening to Nikki Jameson Art Talks with my guest, Denise Love of Two Little Owls Studio. If you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to follow the podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Let's get back to the interview. 
Oh, he does. I still talk to Tom. I'm still involved in some things on their site. He has new things, you know, planned that's coming up that I'm pretty excited about. I just talked to him yesterday and he randomly comes along. He's the biggest push on pushing me to the next level a lot of times because that first website I built that looked so terrible, I was so proud of that you just couldn't convince me that it wasn't the most amazing thing out there because I built it. You know, I had a had a connection to it. I did it with my own two hands. And at one point he's like, your website's terrible. You need to redo it. (laughs) And he did it in such a beautifully sweet, kind way. He didn't say it like that, but that was the gist of it. And so I was like, okay. And then I whipped out an entire brand new website in like two days. And then I emailed him back and I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this one? And he's like, Whoa, I thought we were going to talk about this and do some planning and whatever. And I'm like, Oh no, I got something on my mind. I just whip it out. Just do it. Just do it. Don't, don't, don't wait. Don't wait. Um, <laughs> so he's again yes. helping me, you know, move along to the next level on uh, a marketing page for like email signups and stuff and telling me, you know, how I can improve different areas. So even though I think, oh, this looks amazing, there's always room for improvement. So every time he comes around offering help, I always grab it. <laughs> yes. He's he's really a treasure. He's uh, and you know the whole company, the ethos goes through the whole company. He's and, done uh, great course, at that. Yeah, yes, he has, and uh, it's really fascinating to uh, hear the design cut story as well. Um, how they how how he started. So I love that. I love it. I find it very very inspirational. So yeah, so that that is fantastic. Thank you for sharing for sharing that. Okay, so. Now, we talked about how your art has impacted your life and the life of others and about two little owls. So tell us about your two biggest challenges and how you meet them. (laughs) Well, I would say running a business all by yourself is a pretty big challenge. It's what skills do you have versus what skills do you need? Do you need outside help? Um, since I've learned it kind of from the ground up and I'm a pretty productive person, um, if I want to create something, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to create it and have it now, not three months from now when maybe a web designer or whoever can get to it. So at some point you're going to need to outsource different things that you need, but they don't have to always be business things that you outsource. So the way I kind of got around, you know, how can I keep everything together in the home and in the business is I've decided not to outsource parts of my business, but I outsource other things like maybe having people come clean the house once a month so that I don't have to spend all that time cleaning. I could be doing stuff for business. And then I also do like, uh, meal delivery service sometimes like Sun Basket, where you could just go through and pick out your week's worth of meals and then they just deliver them to you. And then you still got to cook it, but you didn't have to go grocery shop with it or meal plan or figure out how to get everything going. You can just have it brought to you. So I do find that you, you eventually need to outsource, but it doesn't all have to be business things you outsource. Um, so that's kind of how I've gotten past some of the how do I get it all done phases outsource other things. And it can be kind of, it can kind of be lonely too. You know, working by yourself at home is not for everybody. You think you think you want to do it until you're actually doing it. But 
you you don't see other people. It's not like you're going to work and you're chatting with your coworker and you've got little breaks throughout the day. You're you're basically the only force moving your business ahead, and you're doing it all by yourself at home, all by yourself. So I'll make sure that I go out to lunch most days because that's kind of my time to like see the world <laughs> outside of yes, my own four yeah. walls. And I make a lot of I make plans with friends, plans and with friends I'm in a lot of online communities, so that helps me stay connected with others and not just be so self-absorbed in my own little bubble. Um, yeah. The other struggle yeah. that I think we all have as a little business is growing your audience. Um, mm, yes, definitely. The biggest goal for your business is finding people who want what you offer. So, you know, the only thing you can do uh, for that is to show up every single day, even on the hard days. Consistency is what's going to win that battle. And I kind of keep in my mind, you know, do one thing every day to grow your business. And even if it's small, you know, by the end of the week, you've got seven small things that you did that kind of turn into like a big thing. So break things down into little tasks, do something every single day to grow your business and keep showing up day in and day out, like even on the hard days, because so many people make a little business now. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to have a a texture business, for instance, and they'll make some textures and they'll put up a website. And they don't do their own photography, which I think kind of loses you some credibility if you're posting stuff and you're using a stock photo with it Hmm. um, versus being out and taking your own photography and then showing you've got a great picture. Now look how I made it greater with this texture. You know, I feel like it kind of adds more to your credibility than if you're just taking somebody else's photo and slapping a texture on it. Yeah. And then they don't show up every day. They show up once every three months and then they complain that nobody's you know, participating in their business or posting or buying anything. And I'm like, well, why would we? You're, you're, you're not very impressive. You don't take your own photos. You're not showing up in the groups and chatting with everybody every day. You're not, you're not, who cares who you are? You haven't made yourself important to me in any way. So why should I pay attention to you? That's really, really um, good words of wisdom there. And it's interesting what you say, Denise. I know you'll, you'll continue. I don't mean to interrupt your flow there. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny right? uh, taking uh, your own photographs and uh, textures because I feel because I use um, a lot of textures in my art and I always feel I have more of a connection with my own photography than I do with using a stock or even a model uh, uh, photo. I, I I've tried both and I, I I really feel that when I'm using when I'm using another photograph that I haven't taken. I don't feel as much of the connection. That's me personally. Anyway, I, I don't do feel as much of the work to get that done. Yeah. You're, you're kind of cheated almost. Cheated. So why should it be important when you're cheating? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I'm not knocking so, the people that, that create art using stock, stock things because there, there's a big market out there for that too. I just personally feel, you know, I don't, I don't do the, the photo manipulation to the point that, uh, for instance, on your art, it's very mixed media, digital mixed media look. And I personally just hadn't gone that far with my own art because I'm, I'm selling a product and I want to very clearly demonstrate, say, how that product might look on a photo, for instance, without without com- confusing the buyer in how I might have used a particular texture. So some of that simplicity is for marketing so that you can see here's exactly what the texture will do for you. And some of it is in my own interest. I used to think I wanted to do some mobile phone workshops 
but that is just not my thing. I just cannot get into processing the photo on the phone in 10 different apps, saving it and going to the next app and saving it and going to the next app and then going back to the computer and going back to the app and then realize some app shrunk my photo down to something so small that you can't even use it. So I don't know if it's my age because I'm just not young enough to appreciate that because I'm getting a little bit older, but I just cannot embrace the mobile app photography to the point that at one time I really wanted to do, I wanted to have mobile classes and stuff on making art on your iPad or whatever. And it's just not my thing. So I have to recognize my own limitations in that too. What do I really enjoy? And and what's really funny though, because if I'm making pieces of art, I like mixed media art. I, you know, so I'm creating lots of mixed media things, but some of the, photos and stuff that you see me put out is more to keep it a little bit simpler until I maybe do a workshop on mixed media or whatever, because it doesn't really serve my purpose. And it just doesn't excite me like uh, the most beautiful photo I could have got with my vintage lens and then a texture enhancing that. So exactly. after you do it for a long time, what you end up starting to prefer for yourself. And it, and it is really funny because uh, I've listened to you because I know that <laughs> when you look at your your uh, your your photos with your textures, it's almost like you use your textures so minimally you couldn't even see them there unless you're actually well, looking. At it. And that's just so that's kind of you know that's kind of the the stuff I've done in the past year or so. Before I used to be much more heavy handed, and so you know I, that's just my own creative cycle, I guess. And at some point, I'm sure I'll go back to the heavier handedness. Um, and see what I could do there. So it's just, uh, again, another aspect of the creative cycle. You're just interested in different things. When I started, my photos weren't that great. I was very heavy handed with the textures and it was just a completely different look than what I create now. So I don't know if now I feel like some of the photos are so beautiful that I don't want to manipulate it to the point that people are like, "Ooh, you shouldn't have put a texture on that, you know. <laughs> it's, all, it's always that thought. And uh, when I take with my uh, with my photos, and it's re- the point I was going to make is that it's why it's so interesting how what part of the cycle you are is because. I like to use your textures, but I like to use them. Like if there's a texture here, I want the, I want it to show that there is something. Not, not, not necessarily that you've seen that I've used a texture, but you've seen that the photograph is just one part of this picture or this image or this story. So yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's collage. It's, it's, it's mixed. It's the, the photo is not the focus. It's kind of like part of the story. So, when I and when I'm using some of yours, I actually go and look for the ones which are the more texturized ones. And my some of my clients actually say when I've sold my things because they bought a lot um, landscape ones, they go very well with some of the ones I do of, of of Toronto and even from even London. And I I like to um I like to use them in a in a certain way. And they actually say no, I want the ones with a lot of the grunge stuff. <laughs> Can you do? Can you do? Because I do some which have less and some which have more. And some of my clients actually like the ones with more. And specifically, they like the ones where I've used yours because there's there are somewhere there's very heavy grunge and some lighter grunge. And there's a, a I mean, I manipulate the textures as, when I when I use them and play on lights. And I always use several 
you know, several different ones as well. But it's really interesting because I kind of use them in almost almost the opposite way, not to obliterate the, the photo, but to very much, the textures are very much part of the story because they're all the layers of the feelings that See, I'm putting in there about textures and making art and stuff because it can be it can be anything that your artistic mind can come up with you know i i create very grungy kind of textures or painterly sometimes and I, they all kind of have a look like if you look at my best friend one of my best friends is um which may surprise people but it's jay from the daily texture and we oh, yes, we yes. talk every single week just because it's kind of fun to have somebody in the same exact business that you offer because not many people actually understand what you do when you say you have an online business. My dad is like, are you selling drugs on the internet? Because I don't see how people just give you money for whatever that is you're doing on there. So what, what are you, are you selling drugs? You know? And I'm like, okay. And he's like 80. So it's hilarious. He doesn't understand anything about the computers and how people just give you money for something you've created online that they can't touch and feel in their hands. And so, you know, she and I, talk quite a bit because she understands exactly what the day-to-day is and what you go through and the crazy emails you get and the things that people feel like they can say to you because they're not standing there to your face. And so we kind of complain to each other and we give each other ideas. And what I particularly like is we have a completely different style. You know, she's does the very painterly replace the backgrounds where mine is more photo focused and enhance the photo. And so we're not like competing with each other, even though you think, oh, that's your competition. How could you, you know, be a good friend of them? But, you know, the Internet is a big place. Absolutely. And there are seven billion people on this earth. And I can yeah. guarantee you the things that draw people to her brand versus draw people to my brand are going to be two completely different looks because we create different things and we probably have a small amount of overlap in our customers, but it's very tiny. Um, So she's not stealing business from me and I'm not stealing business from her and that works. And, 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 and most people with a creative hobby love to buy from everybody that's got something interesting to offer. Exactly. I buy, you know, so many art workshops. It's not even funny. I've got like 20 in my queue ready to, to when I get time to watch them. Um, so it's not like you're in a, a business where you're choosing between, you know, the McDonald's and the Arby's today for lunch. It's not, it's not like an environment of scarcity. So you, you kind of got to, got to, got to be one of those where you're coming from a place of abundance. There's room for us all create what it is that you can create. You know, you're going to pull your tribe to you versus, you know, based on what you're creating and you just can't worry about what the other people are doing. And if you can make buddies with some, you know, people in your same industry, it's going to make it easier because then you have people that you can chat with and say, well, how did you handle this? Or, Hey, my sales are slow this month. Is there something going on? And they can be like, yeah, mine's slow too. It's summer. You know I mean? It's just fun to have that little bit of camaraderie that you're not going to get any other way. I Totally, 100% agree with you. And uh, yes, I know Jay's uh, Jay's work. And I, you're, you're so right about the uh, her textures, very painterly. And and I use both. I use I use both. I get from both of you, and I create something different. There's no to me. It's like oh, they're they're, they're textures. I need to, I use them in my work. And I think from you know from an artistic point of view, anybody who's doing this or even trying to set up a um, a business and and you know, being serviced to people like this, that it's such a waste of time competing on petty 
things like well, then you mentally like waste this. all your time trying to yeah exactly and grow your business. So you're gonna rather than grow you're your business, fail. yeah, and meet and meet your goals and uh, and so on. If you're focused on meeting your goals and where you're going, literally, you should have no time for all of the the other time wasting stuff. Right? Anyway, that's my way of looking at it, and I totally totally agree. It's it, we should be coming from a place of abundance and not a scarcity mindset because scarcity just attracts more scarcity and um, scare, it's not really scare the way. yourself right out of business. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's, that's the way the universe works, right? That is I the way the universe likes works. somebody that's stingy and when you ask them, what no. did you do on that photo? And they won't tell you. People like people that are generous. And even yes. though you feel like you're giving away all your secrets, those people are going to create a bond with you that they're not going to create with this person that won't even tell them what they did. And so I'm going to exactly. grow my audience while they're just pissing people off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And and the and I want to come back to one point before we move on to the next uh, questions. This is so interesting, Denise. Is um, from the point of view of business, business where people being not being consistent and not showing up. Like people, we tend to think sometimes that everything is going to happen overnight. You do something for a few months, a few weeks, a few a oh, couple of years, your and millions are going to be rolling in. Yeah, your millions are going to roll in. I mean, you or, you know, so why am I not and selling? This or people just don't understand. Or, but this thing takes, it, it takes time. And you've got to, like you said, keep showing up on the good, not just on the good days, but especially on the bad days. And when things like look like they're going not in the direction that you want, because you, unless you do that, it's not going to happen. Some of it <laughs> you know? will insulate you a little bit from that is if you don't quit your day job. You know, do it, oh, right, do it yes. on the side so this is not the way you're Until making you're money. Yeah. And then when you're making yeah. enough money, don't have some debt, have a little bit of savings so that – and then you need to start understanding the retail cycle, which I'll admit, you know, if I had you know a week of no sales, I was panicking, whereas that might have been spring break and everybody was on vacation. So – the, the longer you're in business and you understand that the retail cycles for a retail store is the same as for an online store, there are just times when people are going to be predestined to buy, like Black Friday, and times when they're not. So if you're thinking, well, I'm too good to have a Black Friday sale, then I'm thinking, well, you're an idiot because that's when people have their wallets out and they're throwing money at you. You know, so you, you've got to take advantage of the cycles of, of when people are ready to shop and when they're going to be out doing stuff. And so this year, you know, this is summer. So I'm just I'm working on my next workshop to put out towards the fall because I would hate if I put a workshop out in the summer when everybody's on vacation and it didn't sell well, even though it was a, an amazing workshop. Whereas if I just waited until, say, September to put it out, maybe I would sell a couple hundred because everybody's refocused and ready to take it. And, you know, it's it's not a case of if you build it, they will come because the Internet's a very noisy place now. So if you're not showing up, making friends with people and socializing in the groups and uh, putting yourself in, in other places, like, uh, for instance, you know, I used to have an Etsy shop and a creative market shop and I worked with design cuts and I worked with a couple of other bundle once a year kind of things. And and I put myself everywhere I could all over the internet all the time. And then I showed up every single day and posted a photo. And then I posted my photos in the groups. And you'll probably notice I still show up every single day and post a photo. And I I feel like I've been in a seven year long 365 day project. <laughs> and just 
lately have I relaxed, whereas maybe I'll post this week, but I'm in the midst of being creative. And I think, okay, I don't have to post every single day. I'm going to go ahead and be creative. And so I've slacked up a little bit in the past couple of weeks. But if you go back through my social profiles, you'll see that it's like seven days a week, 365 days a year for seven years straight, I have shown up and posted something. And it doesn't always have to be, hey, I've got this thing, you have to come buy it. It's more like, how can I be social? I just want to remind you I exist. I look at this great story that I've got to go with this photo. Or maybe I'm asking a question, or maybe I'm just like, oh, it's, you know, hump day, woohoo, you know, and here's, here's what I use to process on this photo. It's more of just a, a reminder that you exist. It's not just to always be selling, or maybe it's a post where you're helping people, or maybe it's just like, you know, look at this cool hobby I've been doing, or it's just so that people connect with you and they feel like they know you and they feel like we're buddies and they see what you're doing. And then when you do have something to sell, you've created enough goodwill that people are like, oh yeah, I love this person. I love the things she posts. I love that photo she did the other day, whatever. Let me go check out what she's got for sale because you know if you're not selling every single day, you're just showing up. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, again, wonderful wisdom. And, um, Really good tips for us creatives to do. And in fact, for anybody who wants to connect with people and, uh, yeah, and, and, and take it further. That's great. Thank you for that, Denise. <laughs> so <laughs> these all could be like separate podcasts all in and of themselves. You know that, right? <laughs> I know a lot of stuff now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So much stuff. Okay. So you're always trying new approaches to your art. So we talked about your encaustic wax and your photography. And I know I've talked, we've talked about your artistic textures, although that's not the only thing you do and your floral edits. And you also teach, you also teach people how to edit using photos and textures. So how do you balance your business with your creative endeavors or are they all one and the same? Is there, oh, do you no. have a separation or there, how do you balance them then? Well, you know, I, I, um, worked in big box retail for many, many, many years as part of my, my home kind of stuff that I did with the, the interior design. And in, and in their programs, I was in management. So I learned tons and tons and tons of things about, you know, how to run a business, how to up your average sale, how to get people coming back, what you can do business wise to have people come in into your store and, you know, making more and more sales. So a lot of the business stuff that I pull from came from all of that. Like I don't have a degree in business. I have a degree in interior design. Um, but I feel like I have a really strong business base because of all the management that I did for, a million dollar business within a more gigantic business because the the stores that like Home Depot and Lowe's, you know, their little departments may be a million dollar business within the framework of a much bigger business. Um, so I feel like if I had not had all of that, I wouldn't be uh, the business person that I am today because I didn't have business studies in school. Um, but having said that, you can't do all the business stuff and all the creative stuff at the same time. It just doesn't work. It's like different parts of your brain. So what I'll do normally is I will, when I'm feeling creative, I create. And 
when I'm feeling uncreative, then I'll clean up the business side of things that I may have let slide for a bit. And because most of my business is automated, you know, you come to my site, you can watch plenty of videos. If anybody's ever asked me a question or they needed to know something, I've tried to make a video out of it to answer their questions so that I don't have a gigantic customer service burden every day. Um, the more information you put out there, the better that goes. <laughs> Don't be stingy with the information or the videos. You just kind of attract loyal people if you're free with your information that you'll give out. So I make lots of videos and how-to things and share whatever it is I'm working on uh, just to give people more knowledge and reduce my own customer service burden so I don't have to have an assistant answering 200 emails every day. You know, maybe I have two today or something. It's it's not overwhelming the way that I've got everything set up. And so when I'm feeling creative and I'm creating, I don't feel like I'm neglecting a large part of my business. So on the business side, when I'm not feeling creative and I'm creating things on the website, I don't feel like it's overwhelming because most of the stuff I'm doing is, okay, what great thing can I make out here today? Not look at all this backlog of emails I've ignored. (laughs) That if they have to wait till the next business day. And I'm part of that problem because as soon as I get an email, I don't like seeing that little red bubble on my, you know, my little phone thing saying you've got something, you know, because my inbox uh, is my to-do list and I want that inbox to be empty. I'm not, I'm not going to have 2000 emails sitting in my inbox and I'm not going to wait a week to get back to people. I'm just going to be like, oh, just let me get rid of this. And then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So but that, but you've got uh, clearly you've got a, a, a good system there and uh, it, it works for you and it keeps you helps keep you sane. So you're not freaking out. It did take on, many years you know. to hone it down to that, though. It didn't just start off that way. Yeah. And back to your point of it, starting with what you where you are and what you have and finessing it as you go along until you find something that works for you and works for your situation and uh, both serves your clients and also serves yourself because it should not be at the uh, expense of one or the other because well, you know that you business know. you start with probably won't be the business you end up with you know when, you end up with, when I first started yeah. I was like I'm gonna make templates for people and I started off trying to and I didn't know how to make a template I just jumped in and started making them <laughs> they probably look terrible <laughs> and I still managed to make some sales but you'll notice there's no templates on my website now that's not the focus of my business but that's what I saw other people doing and I thought I want to do that too and yeah. that really wasn't my passion so it's nice if you start somewhere but you really hone it into what you're actually passionate about and what you actually love because if you Absolutely. start an online business and you don't actually love what you're doing you're definitely going to fail because there's there's hard times. And what's going to get oh, yeah. you through those hard times is if you love it or if you don't love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's really important that we as artists and as creative uh, people, creatives or anybody in business um, are constantly reminded about that and hear that. Because the one of the downsides, I think, of the oh, really not the online world, it's not the, the online world itself, it's the way people process it, is that they think p- things happen overnight. And they think it's all good times because a lot of the time people only present the good times, right? And, yep. you know, and you see everybody, somebody everybody, that's already made it. You don't know how many years came before that because you exactly. didn't discover them at the yeah. beginning. I would yeah. say, really, you're not, you, if you do it day in and day out, Year one, people are just kind of discovering you and on a small level, which you kind of want because you're still working out what you're doing, how you're doing it, 
what's your final business actually going to be. You're going to make all your mistakes and the less people that are there to witness it, the better. Um, So it's really going to be like your third year of just showing up day in and day out before you really start seeing the fruits of all that labor. Yeah. And that, and and, you know, and it can be, you know, you just have to be consistent and focused and keep at it because if you give if you if you quit well you're never going to see the fruits of your labor if you quit so that's why having and, a day job yeah. makes that a little bit easier because then you're still bringing in a tell me about <laughs> it well yeah well the thing is it takes off a lot of it takes, it takes off, off pressure, pressure. Uh, and and if you talk to you know many people who are you know very successful business people today you know any any walk of life they will tell you that it you know it was from little little efforts and some people did have to do it as a side as a side hustle or a side job until yeah yeah (laughs) I am and uh yeah and you find time to do all the things that you need to do but you've got to be practical about it like I mean from I had this conversation with a a group of artists at one point they were saying oh they just want to quit their job and go and be an artist I said well if you can do that (laughs) fine but I don't believe in this starving artist myth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You you need your business. You need to have your your, your your business mind around. You've got to be practical. You've got to run some numbers. And if you still have a maybe if it's just a job to pay the bills, even if you don't want to do a you don't want to have a, do a career, but have something that pays the bills because it takes off a lot of the pressure. It leaves you time to experiment with things or fail at things even. And then once yeah. you've got your once you've got um, something that you can live on and you've got enough clients and you're you know in first stages and you feel confident enough but you can't get away from practicalities because you still got to live somewhere bills still have to be paid and you still got to eat so and you still got to run the business and that takes money so well, um, I applaud people to get to the point where they think I'm going to quit because I'll be honest if I had not had my own very worst personal crisis occur with my mother getting sick I might still have a day job, just never getting the courage to quit to do this full time because an unsteady paycheck is a scary thing. And if you're a one income household, like I am with my two little puppy dogs, you know, you, you just, you never get past that fear of, am I going to have the money to pay the bills? Even if you have, you know, a hundred thousand dollars coming in, you just have that fear mindset of, oh my gosh, next week I, I might not have any more sales and people might not like what I have to offer and, and my business will fail and then I have no job. <laughs> it's true, but you did it. You did it though, right? Because sometimes you, yeah, you did it. And, you know, we're here talking today and you've been very successful and we're not saying that that came overnight. I'm really just glad that you shared, shared that because sometimes, sometimes you do have to sort of say, right, okay. I've made my plans. I'm not going to sit in this for um, longer. I'm going to go out and strike and do what it is I want to do. Sometimes you have to do that. But all, all I think all we're saying here is that don't uh, do it with – with reckless, something abandoned don't, don't be reckless <laughs> well if I as soon as I say this I'm saying well sometimes people have done it with reckless abandoned and it succeeded and it worked yeah. <laughs> so I'm not the one to sort of say don't do this or don't do that every person is different um but you know 
if you want to do something, you've got to find a way to do it, right? And whether it's sooner or, or whether it's later, you just don't want to look back and think, oh, I'm still in this thing, doing this thing and doing doing what I don't want to do. And what I do want to do is there. Why, you know, you've got to sort of cut the umbilical cord and go do it. I just kind of right? got to the point, and, and I loved what I did before. I mean, I, I did interiors and I loved it and I still like it. But I got to a point where I'm like, there's got to be more. It's got to be more high blood pressure and people yelling at me every day. <laughs> yes, there has to be <laughs> more to life. What a life is! I mean, is this what yeah. we're here <laughs> no. for? No, you know, there's got to be something more and better for me out there. And I don't know what that is. Like at that point when I was like sitting there thinking, what What is it? I don't know what that is. So I think there was a little bit of divine intervention in there too. Like, okay, this probably is the path you're ready for. And then I was on the right path when my mother called, and then you know I'm still on that path because it was just meant to be somehow. Yeah. And sometimes we stay in our comfort zones until some crisis or pushes us out and, you know, says, okay, time to fly. Right. That's really the way life is sometimes. Time to make some changes. Not going along in this part. My mother was only 56 when she passed away. And that's, wow. That's very young. Yeah. That's re- that's young. So, yeah, it's like seize seize the day. We don't know. We don't know that we have tomorrow. So you know what? We just got to do what, what it is. We feel we have folks to. Home like next roomies with my mom. You know, when we were ninety, because all the women in my family seemed to live a long time, and I'm like, what the heck? Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's so let let's move. On. This is so interesting, Denise. I just love chatting <laughs> chatting with people like this. It's amazing. Okay, so um, I think we talked about motivation. Uh, I don't know whether you want to answer this question. So let's try. Is there anything in particular you do to stay motivated? We talked about you, how you do divide the creative and business. Is there anything else that you do? Uh, to stay motivated in any way, shape or form? I take classes every year just really because I'm nosy and I like to see what other people have figured out and what's working for them because it may be something different than I've figured out, you know, because this online thing is kind of, you know, the Wild West. We're all out there uh, figuring it out one day at a time. There's no formula that works for anybody. And so um, every single year I take new business classes and they're not necessarily from like a business school. They're from some other little creative business who's figured out something completely different than I have. And I'm not taking their class because I think that they can teach me how to run a business that I've, you know, maybe not that, that I'm, I'm already running, but I'm taking it because is there one or two or three things that they can show me that I don't already know that maybe I can do to improve what I've already got going, you know? So I like to take art classes because even though I don't teach uh, art for the most part, maybe one day I will, maybe I'll morph it into photography and art classes. (laughs) And so a lot of times though, I'll be doing something in the art just to relax my mind off of my main focus of my photography business. And then that will spur new ideas that I never even thought of. If you'll just, you know, coming back to the big magic book, she kind of says in there, and I totally identify with this. If you just kind of follow a little inkling of an idea to wherever it leads you, you'll end up in a totally different place than where you thought you would. And you'll have ideas that didn't, wouldn't even have occurred to you had you not followed that little bit of inspiration. So I do that. I take the art classes and follow that. And it may not inspire anything. And it may just be something that I did to pass that time. And maybe two years from now, it's a skill that I'll use. (laughs) So I feel like taking classes and chatting with other little business people uh, helps keep me motivated. I'm in one um, little business um, membership 
basically, uh, from a lady that does art, not business, not, uh, not what I do. She does the art classes and stuff, but you know, they're always researching what's going on in social media or they're researching how to better, how to build a better, you know, uh, marketing page or what I can do with my Facebook ads. And so some of that is kind of like, uh, my little hired business coach and he can teach me something that I didn't have to fully research. He researched it and then tells me about it. And I'm like, okay, that's, I think I can. That's cool. That. Yes. And so Very some cool. of that, I, I just feel like it keeps helping me move a little bit further. And then, you know, if I'm not feeling motivated and I just want to binge on the sofa and watch Netflix all day, then occasionally I do that too. Some days you're just not going to feel like doing it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. Thank you for that. Thank you. Great inspiration and wonderful sort of things and nuggets of wisdom to take away there as to how you, you do it. Okay. Where can people find out more about you and your work? Everything I do how- is on uh, com. And then I run several Facebook pages because I like to promote community. I think on you know having a business, if you just have something to sell, uh, you're not going to do nearly as good as if you create a community around what you sell. So I kind of you know magically fell into that early on too. Let's create a group and people can show off what they're doing. Whereas you know a lot of people still don't have a group around what they create so that people can share and communicate with other people using maybe your products or showing off ideas. People like to be, excuse me, people like to be a part of things. And so if you can build a little community up around what it is that you do, uh, you'll have like your loyal fan base of people. And then that will continue to help you grow uh, much easier than if you're just trying to sell, sell, sell all the time. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. And then uh, good, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you're on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. <laughs> I'm on a little bit of everything. You're every, you're you're everywhere. So <laughs> it's everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and then there's her her, her website mm-hmm. as well. But that's that is a really, really good point because in the online world, it's 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 different from like having you know you can't just have just a storefront, you know um, you, you you've got to have ways to kind of draw people in and um, and then make them part of your community like they know you yeah. and they're your friend and they like you yeah. because if you're coming to my page and you don't like me, why would you buy from me? Whereas if I went to you know a competitor you know, technically who isn't really a competitor, but I went to somebody's page that's similar and she was always chatting in the groups and commenting on my photos. And I felt like I knew her and she had plenty of good stuff on her website that she gives away and videos I could watch. Well, now I feel like I know this person and I have a a connection to them and I, I have almost like a loyalty that I want to purchase what maybe they have to offer in the future. Yes. It's, it's a different yes, type of selling that you do now than people used to do 10 years ago, where it was all the hard sell with the bright, flashy colors and, you know, and the long sales the loud, pages, the long and sales pages and the people screaming at you <laughs> by now, you know, I mean, it's completely a different marketplace than it was then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and glad. it takes more. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. And it, it also takes, uh, creators have to understand that as well and kind of build that into their, uh, not just their marketing, but their activities. Right. And, um, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily easily, um, recognized by creatives often, you know, so one of my pet peeves is 
And this is something that's easily fixed when you have a creative business and you're really trying to grow your community and the people that like you. If you don't have your picture anywhere for people to be able to see you and identify with you, um, then you might as well give up. Because if I can't find a picture of you anywhere, um, I can't identify with you. I can't connect with you. And so if you've got some random, strange looking logo or a random picture everywhere and that's all people find, they're not going to connect with that. Put your Go through the internet. Say, what does this person look like anyway? Are they real? Are they real? <laughs> I mean, are they authentic? You know, is it worth me wasting my time on if I don't even, you know, see somebody I can look in the eye? People want to know who it is they're connecting with. And if they're connecting with a, a flower, um, that's not connecting at all. And it's, 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 I think that people, at least people who want to um, sell their products or who want, to, want people to, you know, want to draw their tribe to them and want people to connect with them need to think about putting their face on their, you know, putting their faces on their profile. It's true because nobody wants to, I don't know why people don't do it actually. It's A like, lot of people, what are you writing? people in my community that have been in my community since day one and I still have no idea what they look like. They're my friend on Facebook. There's no picture of them on their Facebook profile, even their personal profile. And I'm like, why do people do this? You know, it's not that I want to judge you based on your appearance. It's that I want to get a complete picture of this person I'm trying to, you know, to connect with. And I'm not connecting with a random flower. And I kind of think you're a weirdo and something must be wrong if I can't find a picture of you anywhere on your personal Facebook profile, too. And some of these people are growing, are trying to grow a little business. And then they're like, why is it not working? Well, put your picture up there so that we have a face to your business. We're nosy. I don't know who you are. And it's more important because it's even more important because this is an, it's online where you don't actually get to necessarily speak to people in person. So the next best thing is that you see what they look like, you know, you and like you've chatted with them. I mean, I chat with some of these people every day. I, I like to be like, well, this is my buddy and I'm chatting with them. And if I was talking to you in person, I know what you look like. Exactly. So for creators who want to sort of grow a business, and I hope you're listening to this Put because your face uh, on your business. Slap your face on <laughs> there. Yeah. Don't have a good picture. It's a blurry, crappy, dark picture in a nightclub. Don't put that up there. Have your buddy oh, take yeah. a nice picture of you and just have one nice picture. With the phones we have today, you can just take a really nice you selfie. Can take a really nice selfie on the no, portrait mode of your iPhone. Yes. <laughs> not, not with the multiple apps on the iPad, though, right? Pissed the knees off. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Okay, so thank you for sharing where people can find. Uh, right. <laughs> and we digress to the picture. <laughs> but it is, it is an important thing. It's one of these little things that uh, sometimes it's, a, it's little things that make the difference, right? Not these huge, huge, big, no, big bang. I mean, that thing right there turns me off thing. immediately if I can't figure out yeah. who you are and I'm trying to you know, connect with you as an artist and buy your art stuff. It's not like we have, it's not like we're Nike and we're a big anonymous business. We're a little tiny, creative, personalized business and we're wanting to connect with you. And it helps. It helps in trying not to be obscure because you know what the internet is a really big place, and most artists and creators are obscure to the wider world. So anything we can do to build our profile it, it, um, is 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 helpful. And you know when we're saying little things, that and 
being responsive and so that pe- people are more encouraged to to speak to you and to connect with you if you actually have your 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 picture there right and, you know it's social be social <laughs> all right exactly all right let's 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 move on um well, it's still very interesting, but let, let's move on. So, Denise, what's your vision for yourself, your art, and your creative life? And where do you think you are on that journey? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm still kind of winging it. You know, I mean, if you ask any of the little creative businesses if they really know what they're doing, none of us know what we're doing. We're making it up as we go along. You know, I'm already so much further doing something I never even imagined was possible that I'm kind of like, what else is there? <laughs> I mean, I've already gotten to the, this is amazing phase. I'm, I'm not sure what that next thing is. Cause I'm kind of awestruck at where I've made it to. I mean, I'm doing stuff that when I came out of high school, this didn't even exist. The internet was in its infancy. I learned how to type on a typewriter. I thought, why am I even taking typing? I'm never going to need this. How, how wrong was I? And then, you know, just within the past 10 years, have you even been able to grow an online business? I mean, this is just stuff that didn't even exist. It wasn't a career path. <laughs> it wasn't. No. Now more and more people are doing amazing things, you know, little online home businesses and specialty things that none of us could do before. And, and isn't it fantastic? Because it just Amazing. means that we can be independent. We don't have to be dependent. Like more and more, you know, there's it's it's even risky to be dependent on a so-called. There's no job security these days, anyway. No so yeah. companies are not loyal yeah. to you like they may have been, you know, 50 years ago. You you got to do what's right for you because they're doing what's right for them and. Yeah. And, um, you know, even if you have a job, there's no guarantee you're going to have it next year or next month. No, um, no, I worked, uh, so when I was in the, the home stuff, yeah. that was when the big home crash occurred. So I just yeah. watched everybody get laid off one by one by one. And oh, I was oh, just oh. like, okay, when's, when am I getting chopped? And I was very lucky because I could actually do the work of like three people. I mean, I can just hammer it out, which is probably why yeah. I do for good running my own little business. I just hammer stuff out when it needs to be done. But I yeah. was able to make it through all those little layoffs because I can just pump out a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Now and for people now only work yeah. now only work a couple hours a day, but it's like really focused. And then the rest of yes. it is like playing around in my art room or and playing on social media, which even though I'm technically my own social media manager working stuff, it still feels like I'm playing on Facebook when I'm saying, oh I love that photo, you know, or whatever. But to whoever I said that to that like made their day, which kind of amazes me. Cause I'm like, I'm a nobody and I tell everybody I love their photo. So I don't feel like it's a big deal, but it really makes their day. So it's worth it. It's part of what social, social media is, you know, just encouraging, our, you know, being social and sometimes encourage and encouraging our fellow artists and, and, and people, basically our friends on social media. And sometimes when you just comment on somebody's work, it actually does make their day. And it's just amazing. Like just one of think. my own pet peeves, the people that post and run. And I even had one person that I thought, oh, this is beautiful. It was on their own personal page and they do a little teaching themselves. So they're starting their own little creative business. And I took about time out of my day to comment on whatever it was they were doing. And so did a whole bunch of other people, like 20 or 30 other comments. And so they got they got to the very bottom and they commented back and they're like, Oh, I'm so glad all of you have commented. And I'm just too busy to answer each one of you because I've been so busy with my new online face group and working with those people instead. And I'm like, 
I'm going to delete my comment and I'm going to, un, you know, unfollow this person because now you've just pissed me off. You've told me I'm not worth your time and effort. And these other people in this brand new group is worth all your time and effort. So I'm no longer going to follow you. I'm like, don't ever do that. People don't ever do that. Don't do that. <laughs> So if you're too busy, if you're too cool for school, then you know cool what? <laughs> <laughs> but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, Denise. We're going to go on to uh, social um, social media because that's going to be my next um, question. <laughs> we're going to <laughs> we're going to go on social media. Is that I find a lot of creatives. Well, maybe not a lot of them. They don't post anything creative on their personal profile. Like I know a lot of artists, they don't post their art. They, I mean, I, and I don't understand that. I don't even, I know you're an artist, but I would never know that you're an artist if I was looking at your profile by what you post. Like, okay, I know on Facebook that you can do anything you want on your profile, but I personally post my art. That's what I'm about there. You know, my friends know me that, you know, I do other things as well as it, but I put it, I put it front and center because that's what I'm about. And if you don't like that, then no, don't need to follow me. Fairly simple, you know. And I, it just makes it very obvious that they have not figured out really how to work the social channels to their benefit. I mean, there's there's plenty of people out there who just have not figured it out. And until you finally get all your eggs in a row, you might never figure out how to make that work. And you might wonder why, you know, this other business that you're stalking is doing so much better than you. And they've just kind of figured it all out. Finally, it's all clicked for them. And I know a personal page is supposed to be, you know, personal, but at the same time, when you're running a little creative business and you're accepting anybody on your page that could be a customer, it's no longer strictly a personal page. So there's things that you should not be talking about. Politics, religion, something that's controversial, that's going to turn people off of you as a person and then as a business. And then they might tell all their other friends this horrible thing that you said that you shouldn't have said, because it's not really personal. You're out there on the internet that you're the face of your business and you need to stay on topic. And even though if you're on my personal Facebook page, you'll occasionally see me uh, post things like my puppy dog, um, you'll never see me post what's actually going on in my life. Like when we talked, when we uh, first started this, before you turned on the recording thing, you're like, your hair so long and, and you have braces. And <laughs> it's just not something that I feel that is the bit, you don't need to know what I had for lunch unless no. it's something amazing and it's part of my brand. Uh, exactly. And, but you know, you know, you know, Denise, you've now, been, you've now put that out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no picture of it. If you don't have a picture, don't exist. Picture it didn't happen. <laughs> okay, okay, but no, I we totally get your point there. I think we we are on the same wave wavelength yeah. there, and basically, I just about figuring and it, it could out. Be an age thing too. Some of the people that post the inappropriate <laughs> things are are a little bit younger, yeah. maybe a different generation, and. I just mm. don't feel like, you know, whatever I'm doing throughout the day is as interesting as, you know, the art I'm creating or the things that go into yeah. that, which is basically what I think about 99% of the day. So that's what I'm focused on anyway. Totally. I can hear your puppy dogs barking. That. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So let's continue very um, briefly then on, I think we've talked about social media. So you clearly, you use it. So how has it helped you? Some good ideas on social media to share. Okay, good. All right. So let's, ha- let's go through that. Then. If you use it, how has it helped you in reaching your artistic goals? And would you recommend it? And, um, you know, I know people are divided about, you know, Facebook is there. People are divided. Which platform should they be on? How should they use it? So 
A few seconds. How, what, what do you have to share on that? I got you covered. <laughs> okay, good. 100% of all your efforts should be to drive people to your own website, signing up for your own email list, because you own that. Nobody can take it away from you. And all your efforts on every platform that you ever get on should be about driving people to your own website so that you're building customers for your own business. If you're trying to build a business on Facebook, you know, there was a time when Facebook like was the Wild West and you could build a wildly successful business with very little effort because Facebook was in the midst of building their own business. Yes. And the problem with building your business on somebody else's platform is they they want to give you everything for free and the times are good. And then when they've got a big a big audience themselves, they now want to monetize that audience that they've grown. And so yes. they start to restrict your access to your customers that you attracted on their platform and they make you start paying for it. So Mm -hmm. this has recently just really hit Instagram big time too, since Facebook purchased Instagram. Absolutely. Um, These people built great big businesses on Instagram. They became influencers. They're raking in the big bucks. And now Instagram doesn't show your post to anybody. And Mm -hmm. they've done so many other things to this app to distract people, like the stories, that they're no longer flipping through the newsfeed pictures and liking your posts. Mm -hmm. So now your pictures get 100 likes instead of 20,000 likes that you used to get. Mm -hmm. And people are very upset about that. And the ones that are running businesses decided to abandon their blogs because they're like, well, Instagram is where it's at. And it became like a little yep. mini blog and they abandoned their own website and their own blog. And they weren't driving people to their own site unless they were trying to sell something. And now they are hurting because of that. It's completely killed their business because they depended on another business to just keep on letting the good times roll. And there it's always going to become a point where it starts off good and it gets to where you have to pay for it. That's just the nature of business. That's that business trying to grow that business. And if you have, uh, you know, products you're trying to sell, say, uh, you know, like I sell workshops or whatever, if you are in the good times, you're selling uh, a thousand of them and all of a sudden your reach is restricted and you're selling 12 of them. Now you have no income or anything. And if you had drove all those people to your own site and you built up your own email list, you would not have had a problem when the uh, algorithms changed, you know, on whatever whim they were on this week. It wouldn't affect your business at all. So you should be using social media and you definitely should be on them. You should not think that you're going to be able to grow a business and not have a social media page because, you know, social media is your social proof. It's proof that other people like you. And if I go to your Facebook page and you have five likes and I go to this other person's page and they have 25,000 likes, who do you think I'm going to buy from? I'm going to buy from the one that everybody likes, not the one that only had five likes. I'm going to think what's the matter with that business. Um, So, you know, you need to have, uh, 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 you need to be on each platform as many as you feel comfortable being on. And if you're not on at least Facebook, then you're kind of missing the boat there. Because even if you don't spend 100% of your time on there, it's not really your thing, your customers on there, and they're looking at what you're doing. And if you're not doing anything, they just think you're out of business. They're like, that person doesn't even post, they must not even have a business anymore. Mm. So your social media should support your growth efforts. But you never want to rely on any channel for your sole business, you should always be directing your audience to your own site and your own list. 
Um, you don't own it. It's unpredictable. Uh, and they can change anything on you tomorrow that they want. Whereas your own email list, you own it and nobody can change that for you. And it's still proven the number one way to reach your audience where you may have a 30 or 40% chance of them, you know, opening that email. Whereas on Facebook, you have about 15 seconds for them to, to possibly see your something that you posted. And then, you know, two minutes later, you're not showing up anywhere at all. It's a big difference in how many people see that. So when you're looking at each of the social media platforms, if you're on Instagram, that's the place to be very visual, to post your most, your best photos. You can treat it kind of like a mini blog with a great caption and some relevant hashtags. But in that mini blog, you don't want to give up your own website blog. You want to keep posting on your own site so you have a reason to drive people to your own website and then just post maybe snippets of that as your caption for a photo. Yeah. For Facebook. I, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. You go on. You go on. Go on. For Facebook, that's much more social. You want to post a great photo, but you also want to socialize with people and participate in groups. You don't want to post and run. You want people to get to like you. You want them to know that, you know, you see them and you're commenting on their photos. And even if you just comment on somebody every once in a while, I'm telling you, you'll make their day. And they'll all of a sudden think that they have a connection with you and they'll come by from you instead of this person that posts and runs and never participates. YouTube, that's all about video content, obviously, but what do you post on there? So it's usually a video blog for vlogging. Um, and then how to content is what people look for there, uh, mostly. So if you're doing something like what I do, and you go to my YouTube page, I'm showing you how to do stuff with a photo. Uh, so I go the how to content page rather than the video log. Um, just because I'm, I'm just not a, a vlogger. I mean, I, I find blogging to be a little bit harder for me because writing is not what I love to do the most. So it feels like it's a little harder to get it out of my brain. <laughs> but I do make the effort. But I mean, if you look at my blog today versus what I had seven years ago, it looked terrible seven years ago. And really, it didn't even start looking good until like maybe a year and a half ago when I was like, okay, I'm really going to focus on building the blog up better. And now the blog looks great. But it didn't. It, yes, and, it and I've been in business now for seven years. So you just get to things when you can and you do you the can. best you can. Um, yes. Twitter, I hate Twitter. It's not my thing, <sighs> but it's mainly for short witty quips, you know, things that people can say in their little bit of uh, space that they have to write. It's not for showing off photography and stuff. So for my business, Twitter isn't really a thing. I'm not on there showing photos or trying to be quippy with some photography, something. It just doesn't work for me. Podcasts, you know, like we're on right now, those have become really big. They have like a new little resurgence thing. Everybody, every little business is making their own little podcast. And I definitely applaud the people that can do a podcast because most of the time, I just don't feel like I have that much to say. So I haven't really hopped on the podcast wagon yet because I don't know what it would be about. And I don't know what I would talk about. So it's not, well, not really my thing. I'm laughing, I'm laughing now but, because we've been talking for a little while here. You got to get on a subject I like. I can definitely, I got plenty to say, but especially if we talk about business and building a creative business, because I find it just as fascinating as the creative side, which is probably why I do as well in the business part of it, because I actually enjoy it. Um, yes. But I think podcasts are more fun. They're informative. They're interesting content on your subject. And then if yes. there's any other little platform out there, I don't think it's as relevant because I'm not on it. <laughs> 
And there you go, folks. <laughs> I mean, the biggest ones are Instagram. Well, according to these. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube are the biggest ones. No, but seriously, Denise, I, I totally agree. <laughs> if I could just stop laughing, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> she has not much to say and then she says but. <laughs> but I really I think that's such a great summary of the social uh, media platforms but more importantly um, you need it's very clear that you need to know what you're about on social media if you're trying to grow a business it's very different from if you're just there socially you don't really have any particular aims other than to, com- um, to converse with your friends and be on be off whatever it is I think when you're growing a business you have to have you have to have a, a, a loose strategy at least and it's very important the fact about you know building on what I call rented property and, and, and shifting fans yes they can come and turf you out. Yep, you're, they totally ruin your business overnight. They ruin your business on a whim, or if okay, got out of bed on the wrong side, as we as we like to say. So it's very important to use it. I always say that social media is like a spoke in the wheel, and the wheel is my blog, website, and and newsletter. Everything goes towards well, my my blog actually, my blog drives people to my to my website to everywhere else. Uh, but it's always, I, I never gave up my blog. I kind of didn't, wasn't on it for a long time because, oh, social media, Facebook. And I remember at one time Facebook was saying, oh, you don't need a blog anymore. You don't well, even need a, a website anymore. bloggers are like, we abandoned you know? our blog. And now all of a sudden they're, they're posting. I see a lot of this, especially on Instagram. They're like, well, I'm going back to my blog because Instagram is taking all my views. They take your reviews, they hide the posts, and the only thing that's in the feeds now are all these sponsored posts. Yeah. And you don't, I don't see, I hardly see the pictures of my, of the people that I follow now. And as soon as Facebook bought Instagram, I knew that that was the way Me to go because too. that's what they do. Yeah, I saw that know? coming. So, and, but the funny thing was, is that they all laughed at people who were saying, yeah, you should still keep your blog, you should still have your website. It's like, what planet are you on? And or now there's the new people that have come into it and didn't realize they should have had that going to begin with. And now, they have no now they're, they're like well, I need to go back and start doing this but I've missed the boat you missed the boat because you still got to do work on, on, on that side as well but you know I think uh, that there's just so much wisdom there to you know we have to rethink if, you, if you've abandoned your blog and your website for social you have to rethink that and still keep the website and, and especially your email list because that is really that is really central that is the one that you that is the thing that you control and that's where you build the relationship with your customers and people who like you and people who you know who have invested in you oh, by that person's the, giving you, you know, something valuable they've given you their email address and said i invite you to chat with me you know through the emails that you're going to send and i want to see it i mean those people are your people not these people who randomly like you on Facebook. They might never be a customer of yours ever, but your email list, people are like, I want what you have. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's, that, that is just, that is so true. So thank you so much for, for sharing that, Denise. Um, and I think more and more people really need to be aware of that or be reminded of that 
if you're growing, uh, trying to grow a business, uh, a small business or medium-sized business or any size business, that you cannot rely on social media. They just, they're tools. To me, they're tools to be used to, to build other things and drive people to your... It's just a to, tool in your toolbox. It's not to be in the end all. You have to have the toolbox, and this is one of the tools in the box. All right. So let's move on. So we're coming to the end of the interview soon. Um, so do you have any tips for artists, creatives who'd like to do what you're doing in uh, their creative life or who might want to become more entrepreneurial or, you know, or even teach? What, uh, what wisdom do you have to share? What tips would you say they should think about? You know, I, I thought a little bit about this and I have some stuff written down, but I kind of think... We've covered most of it? We have covered some of that, yes. Okay. Um, But I think, you know, number one, if you're wanting to set it up a little faster than perhaps I was able to do, you know, there's some things that you can actually do to get that moving a little faster. And some of that is setting up your website and then creating some really great, valuable, free content and sharing that content everywhere that you can for free. Because, you know, some of your efforts when you are at the very beginning is you're trying to attract people to you, not for what you can sell them, but for how you can help them or what, what you can do that they might be interested in or what you can teach them. Um, so maybe build a blog uh, to begin with and start sharing on social media in a, in a giving way, not in a selling way. And then, you know, start your email list right there at the beginning. So that people coming to your site are like, oh, I like what this person has to say. And I love what they're sharing and I connect with their art. So I'm interested in hearing more for them. And maybe there's a good uh, freebie that you give away on your email list. And just spend that first year knowing that you're not going to get rich that first year. It's all about what can I give back to other people before you have uh, something to sell to them. And so then after you've got, you know, lots of great people on your email list, then create a product and be like, okay, I've got something you guys might be interested in. And then you can see the sales kind of rolling in because you've already given them so much value. But the, by the time that you're trying to sell them something, they're excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then another thing to go along with that is eyes in your own lane. You cannot compare what you're doing to anybody else out there. Uh, You don't know how long they've been going. You don't know how long they've been in business. You don't see the back end of their business. Like we were talking about with my business, you might think that all I do is sell textures, but that's really the very smallest part of my income. So you don't know all the other things that I'm doing because you don't know everywhere that I'm at. So figure out your own way and diversify your efforts. You know, you can't put all your eggs in the same basket. Um, you know, so if you're teaching a workshop to, to start out, and you don't have anybody that knows who you are, you know, try teaching on a site that has guest teachers. Um, you know, there's several art sites that have uh, guest teachers come in on their site and then their whole audience is introduced to you. So now you have the opportunity to have a huge audience find you that never would have found you in a year's worth of time of you just posting on Facebook. So. And that some of that content might be free content also. It just is what it is. See who else's audience you can get their eyes on your stuff, whether it be something valuable, a short class, a, a how-to, a blog, or whatever. And then you're still driving all these uh, people to your own business, even though you're giving stuff away and you're thinking, I'm not making any money yet. 
when you got, you know, 5,000 people on your email list, you got 5,000 people to sell to now that you did not have before. Yes, that's really good advice, especially with the, um, you know, try not to compare and copy other people, right? Try and be original. Because if you're, it is a big one. If you're copying somebody else's stuff, and I have a lot of people do that with textures, you know, that's not your passion. You copied my passion. You know, what's your passion? What's going to keep you going day in and day out over the years? Because copying something I did is only going to get you through, you know, this week. What are you going to do next week? Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it kind of denies what, you know, if you're here to do something, you should find out that thing that you and you alone are here to do. Yeah. You know, that passionate thing that comes And maybe it from is the same you, thing I yeah. do, but it's never going to look like the way it looks like for me. No, like we talked about... Um, you know, Jay does textures. You, so many people do textures in, but they have they put their own spin on it, right? So it's not really the same well thing. Look completely yeah. different than anybody else. None of the ones that pull ahead of the pack look exactly like the others that have pulled ahead of the pack. And everybody else is just watching us as we keep on going, and then they give up. They, you know, so you can tell that was not their passion. Um, so they should have just gone ahead and, and done something that was true to them, not something that they thought was going to give them a big bu- a quick buck. Because if it was going to give us a quick buck, I'd already have my millions living on my little private <laughs> island in the Caribbean or something. It, you know, it's hard work. <laughs> a few more years yet, Denise. <laughs> I'm working my way towards it. But... <laughs> You're working your way towards it. <laughs> but it's a, but um, just on that, before we leave that uh, part, because it is very important. I know it comes at the end of the interview, but it is very important because I know many creatives, they are eaten up by uh, comparison. You know, somebody's better, somebody's not better, somebody's this, and why can't I do it like this? And, well, and you, you almost, don't know. You almost yeah. sabotage yourself because then you yeah. don't give yourself a chance to even figure out what you do best because you're you're too hard you're too you're comparing yourself to this other person and everything they've got and you're so jealous of what they're doing you don't give yourself a chance to succeed yeah and that is so important because as i said uh, as we discussed in another um i had this conversation with a with another guest previously you don't know somebody's story you don't know how they got to where they got to you don't know what trials and tribulations they've been through we we all go through them so it's a complete waste of time and instead um you should just find out what you are good at and commit to that and if it you works know, great if your, it doesn't then you know pivot towards you know whatever pivot it is pivot towards something else yeah. that, that's life. That's the way we learn. And that's the way we come up with that um, wonderful stuff that is our own, that we can put our own stamp on. And there's plenty of room in this world for, for everybody, I, I, I think. So plenty of room, but you got to be original. Yeah. You can't be a duplicate of somebody else that's already out there because if they're further along than you are and you're shooting for their same customers, those customers are going to look at you and think, well, I already get this from this other person I trust more. So why should I buy from you anyway? Yeah, exactly. Right. So such such good points here, Denise. So Denise, any last thoughts you'd like to share? This has been fantastic. So so amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad awesome. that we chatted. <laughs> it has been awesome. Awesome. Just totally awesome. Any last thoughts that you would like to share? Uh, I just want to come back to the be generous. There is room for us all. Uh, you need to come from a place of abundance. You just don't need to worry about somebody else taking what you have or your business or your idea. There, there's 7 billion people out there. So there's, there's something for everybody. And 
one of the, the way I love to put this um, is another artist said this, you know, be in service, look at your art or your creativity as uh, uh, particularly from an enterprise or an entrepreneurial view, as well as being something that you love. It's great when it's in service to others, right? Like teaching people That's how what? To- people are, people are kind of selfish. Yeah. They're looking at things and, you know, just because it's your website, it does not mean it's all about you. It's all about what you can do for them. You know, they're looking at your, your website thinking, what can you do for me? And so you need to approach what you're doing and what you're teaching and what you're offering is how yeah. you're going to how can you help? help them. And are you helping them learn something? Are you helping them, mm-hmm. you know, be more artistic? Are you helping them think a different way? I mean, it can't be all about you, you, you. Kind of like your about yeah. page on your website shouldn't be about you. It should be about what you can do for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you see, I just slipped that oh. in about your about page. <laughs> <laughs> just slipped it in there, Denise. <laughs> Zing. That's funny. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, that's lots of new things for people to think about. And I think in every line here, there's, there's a bigger story and you know lots of things to think about and lots of wisdom here and I think we that's what we need we need to hear you know how can we how can we move forward and how can we move forward together and how can we you know honor our own creative purpose basically and not waste time on things that don't really matter (laughs) just take years of just doing the work yes showing up and doing the work show up show up and don't even worry too much about tomorrow or the big picture and all of these things just take each day as it comes and keep doing the work little by little because it's literally one foot in front of the other and i know how hard that is thing. i'm an impatient pay- person i want to see results, I know, I I see results now so when you're i want it to be <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work i get it yeah but you know the funny thing is when you look back and you see how far you've come you you can really amaze yourself oh definitely uh, if you you know, and you I think, wow, I did that. I have in Facebook those little memories that keep popping up and they're popping up oh, from yeah. the year that I did the photography project. And I'm like, oh, that is so terrible. There's no way I'm going to reshare that. That looks terrible. <laughs> I can't believe what I was so proud of, but you just don't see it when you're in the midst of it. You don't see it. You don't see it. And they're all accomplishments, right? <laughs> you can look back and these are our memories of how, how far we've come. Yep. Okay. So, Denise, this has been such a wonderful chat. Um, thank you so much. I can't for... thank you enough for inviting me. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. It's been wanted... fantastic. <laughs> I wanted to interview you for uh, the longest time. <laughs> I am so glad that I've had the opportunity to get to know you. And I would um, say, you know, you. people come to my site and they go through my blog. There is an interview on there with Nikki in my blog. And it is one of the most thoughtful interviews. And so I would definitely highly recommend people take a look at that. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you so much. It's hard to get people to answer your interviews. I've invited plenty of people and they just, it's hard questions and they run out of time and they just don't get to it and they don't return them. And so I appreciate the creatives who take that extra effort to show up and, and do something when you ask them something interesting. Oh. <laughs> no, I thought it was uh I thought it was an honor. I mean, I took it as an honor and an opportunity and an opportunity to share something about myself. So I was just so happy to be asked and uh you know, I think if anybody when people say would you like to be interviewed and you know, give you an opportunity to do that, I say do go it. for it. 
know, do <laughs> it. a chance to get you know? your little business in front of somebody else's audience. So definitely take it, take advantage of that. Yeah, it's a chance to talk about yourself <laughs> and what you're about. And you know what, most of the time people are too busy bothering about themselves. So, you know, it's such an opportunity to talk about what matters to you and what's important. So I thank you for asking and I'm so glad that uh, I'm so glad that you did. And I really, I really enjoyed um, writing the, out the answers oh, to that. It took me a while, but I, and, and I look at it now yeah. and I think those are hard questions. <laughs> They are hard. They are hard. But they, they, they were thoughtful questions. They were important questions. I like questions that kind of go down. They make you think yes. about what you're really That's about. Kind of I didn't get back happened. as many as I had asked because they were hard. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said, oh, you need to answer this for yourself and post it. And I thought, I do need to do that. And it's funny, I hadn't got to that yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I've asked you some questions today. Maybe not as hard as the ones you did. but It's easier to talk about them verbally than it is to sit and, and write them down it is much i yeah. think it's much easier to talk about it because you're just talking you're just flow, you're just in the flow i think sometimes when you write we self-edit <laughs> and we think think more about oh i can't say that it's not really what i mean and all of that for, for i mean you know for that type of thing so you're kind of editing but i i love this podcast format and i love interviewing talking to creatives because i learned such a lot and i know that uh, people when they hear this there's so much, there's just so much there. And I hope people take away some wisdom and um, have some, uh, are encouraged and inspired are the words that I'm looking for. There's and you're such an encourager. <laughs> there is. And, and, and I want to just thank you, Denise. You're, you're, you're so talented oh, and generous you. with your time and generous with your information, generous with your art. And um, I love seeing your art and I, I, I love using it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, I, I totally love, I love, love your, seeing your how people work. interpret and use yeah. the things that I make because I'm like, oh, I never would have thought of that. That's so fantastic. No. Well, that is just the magic of creativity. Something people from so almost creative. nothing, you know. People are just so creative. You know, we don't even know the half of it. All right. So, Denise, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Nikki Jameson Art Talks. Until next time, take care of yourself and talk to you next time. Bye for now. You've been listening to Nikki Jameson Art Talks with my guest, Denise Love of Two Little Owls Studio. I hope you enjoyed our interview. You can find me, Nikki Jameson, at nikkijameson.com, Nikki Jameson Art, and Nikki J on Instagram. Tune in for more artist talks by following the podcast. Thanks for listening. Take care and see you next time.